Welcome to the Half Yard Line. I'm Tim. I'm Luke. And welcome to the next in our series of 32 team by team 2022 recap 2022 2023 offseason previews. We uh, continue our tour around the ANFC South. One of these days I'll figure out what we're talking about, Luke. And uh, <laughs> we'll get that by not the a end. Great, not a great division. Um, everybody within a game of each other in this one sent a team to the playoffs, probably didn't deserve to. Um, one of those teams that was just on the outside, if you look at the record, was the Atlanta Falcons. What happened with Atlanta last year? Yeah, I mean, the very fact that they were that that were legitimately close to getting in the postseason tells its own story because this wasn't exactly a uh, barn burner of a, of a football team last year under the stewardship of Arthur Smith, his second year in post, former Titans offensive coordinator, obviously. So I know a fair amount about uh, old Arthur. His dad founded FedEx is the main fact that gets wheeled out. So I refer to him as FedEx Jr. for that reason. If I do so today, forgive me. Um, <laughs> last offseason was a time of change in... Atlanta, Matt Ryan on the outs, sent to Indianapolis. They signed Marcus Mariota, another erstwhile Titan, to start and drafted Desmond Ritter in the third round as the potential prospective, maybe a kind of franchise quarterback. I don't know. Um, the season as a whole, though, underwhelming, despite the proximity to the playoffs they found themselves in. They won two of their first four and they won both of their last two games to get to that 7-10 and 10 finish. So, you know, over 50% of their wins coming at the very start and at the very end of the year. They beat Seattle on the road, and then all of their other wins were at home. Cleveland, Carolina, Chicago, Arizona, and Tampa. So not murderer's row. Um, the game plan offensively was run the football. Not sure if you're familiar with that concept, Tim, but Tyler Algier, who they drafted uh, from BYU last year, went over a 1,000 yards, looked to gain steam as the season went along. Corderell Patterson, everyone's favorite punt returner turned or kick returner turned wide receiver turned running back. Um, missed some time with injury, but still a productive player. They got production from guys like Caleb Huntley, who was a Jonas Gray Memorial Player of the Week, for those that remember. The team ran for 17 touchdowns. The flip side of that equation is they threw for 17 touchdowns. So... Yeah, not- Luke, I was going to tell you, th- th- this team came very close to doing something that's not been done in decades in the NFL, and that is run for more yards than they passed. I don't know if you yeah. 2,718 yards rushing versus 2,927 yards passing. Yeah, so that's they were not good. Yeah, they averaged almost the same number of yards per game running and passing, which is quite a hard thing to do. They were second bottom in pass yards per game, and they were third in rush yards per game. So tells its own story, really. They come into this offseason in a pretty healthy position they got 66 million dollars in cap space which is second in the league behind only chicago and they've got eight draft picks they're picking eighth overall so a nice spot for the falcons so a seven and ten finish or something what used to be i guess a seven and nine finish would have been not picking in the top 10 that often i feel like so they've done quite well to get such a high pick i think there was just a lot of meh in the league this year which contributed to that which we talked about as the season rolled along in terms of changes on the staff, Dean Pease retired. Stop me if you've heard that story before. I think this is retirement number three. The guy's got an armful of gold Rolexes handed out to him for retirement parties. <laughs> um, they've got Ryan Nils- Nielsen taking over as the defensive coordinator who joins from the Saints. But last season, 
really was meant to be more of a transition year anyway. I feel like for this team in the last few years, the stalwarts of yesteryear, Julio Jones, Matt Ryan, uh, moved on, new coach. And I felt like last season as they ate the Matt Ryan cap hit, they were just kind of plodding along, see what happens. And they got some positive output from some young players. Overall, I'd say it was a very positive season for the Falcons, despite the fact they weren't very entertaining to watch, just given the situation they were in uh, from a personnel standpoint. I don't know if you had any screaming thoughts about how the Falcons performed last year. No, I had a high hopes for Mr. Mariota behind center there. Um, Everyone likes Marcus. Not- He's the only yeah, failed like second overall pick quarterback who is welcome back in the city that drafted him anytime because everyone in Nashville thinks he is a great guy, but unfortunately just didn't do the biz. Yeah, apparently not a great NFL quarterback, unfortunately for him. But um, they're going to have to figure out that. No, I mean, to your point, they almost overperformed in wins. If you can do that, losing more than you win, uh, it was not going to be a promising year for them. You know, we're going to get into it in a minute. What I saw was their free agent class, and you're kind of looking down the list, and they're they're not losing anybody, and you got oh, they must have most of their holes filled, and you go back and you look, and there's not many people left either. So it's just, it was not a roster that was set up for success in 2022. As we look ahead to 2023, do you see that kicking back in the right direction or are we uh, in for another year of ho-hum in Atlanta? Yeah, hard to say really that the cap position they find themselves in is just so beneficial. We've spoken a lot on these podcasts about teams who are struggling. Tampa Bay, who's a, a division rival of the Falcons, is in a cap hell situation there's quite a few other teams that are struggling just to get under the line I mean that tends to happen most years but I I feel like this year in particular with some you know expensive quarterback contracts that were recently handed out especially a lot of teams are facing the music as far as 2023 is concerned the Falcons come in they do have a lot of needs um, but they do have the cap space to make a good fist of them I mean you won't surprise you to hear that the roster is absolutely dirt cheap when I looked at just the list, <laughs> I mean, I was looking at it going, are you, are you paying anyone? I mean, the fourth highest cap hit on this team, as it stands today, is Kyle Pitts, who's on a rookie first round contract. So, wow, that really tells its own story. I know it was drafted high, but still, I mean, that that shouldn't really happen. It doesn't happen very often. Um, the eighth highest cap hit is their kicker. <laughs> so yeah tells it uh, tells a story Who's about the, cost. For the team dinners in this locker room mate, young I mean, young when, when young way picking up the check mate young way young way is uh it, he must be the only kicker in the nfl who's in the top 10 in cap in his team i didn't look that up but i'm gonna just go Google, ahead and say we have to check that yeah. maybe justin tucker is the only one i could think of but regardless um needs wise <laughs> Kicker is fine, it turns out, but uh, receiver, defensive line, corner, and uh, possibly quarterback as well were the four that I had highlighted. Receiver, Drake London, who they drafted last year, very productive in a rookie campaign that saw 72 catches, 866 yards, and four touchdowns. Kind of what you'd expect from a rookie. I mean, to put up those numbers in an offense which was allergic to throwing it is pretty impressive, and I think he showed quite a lot of promise. I just put please use Kyle Pitts triple underlined because everyone, especially fancy football players, were going, why is this freakishly amazing athlete who's clearly got loads of talent never getting the ball? So that's not really an area of need. It's more an area of please start doing this because it would really help your team. Um, 
They only had two receivers who got more than 14 catches last year, which was Drake London and Olamide Zacchaeus, uh, who people are probably familiar with. He's been in Atlanta for a little while. On the defensive line, Grady Jarrett is still good, obviously, but he led the team in sacks. He only had six. No one else got more than five. They drafted Arnold Ebichetti and D'Angelo Malone last year in the draft Obviously, that's where you draft players. Um, they'll hope that they take a step forward, but I think adding another piece on the defensive line or two is is worth exploring. They also have Lorenzo Carter, but he's a free agent, so he may or may not come back. As far as sacks last year, they only had 21. It was the second fewest in the NFL. So, you know, pass rush, pass rush slash defensive line in general to free up the rushes, I think is a, a big area of need. Corner or safety, I had as kind of one or the other. They only had 17 takeaways last year, which was fifth fewest. They've got AJ Terrell, who's like a budding star corner. Richie Grant, who they drafted a couple of years ago, started to come on. Looks promising, but they need ball production. I thought this is especially true for teams like Atlanta, who are looking at either new or young quarterbacks. You can't hand them the ball at their own 25 every time and expect huge results straight out the gate you need to give them some short fields you need to give them some more possessions and opportunities to score um because they're not necessarily ready to take that next step quarterback is the other one just because Marcus Mariota was cut and it that boils down to the evaluation on Desmond Ritter pretty small sample size last year for him he was a third round pick if you look around the league not many guys drafted in the third round or afterwards are starting. And that number obviously took a hit with Tom Brady's retirement. So at Cincinnati, he was a you know, productive, your classic college quarterback who was, you know, the captain of the team and was loved by the teammates, great leader, all that good stuff. Seems like a, a good head on his shoulders. How, uh, how much they're going to trust him to drive the bus going forward, I don't know. The last area of need really depends on the free agents, which we'll get to in a second, which is right tackle, because both the right tackles they had on the roster are free agents. So we'll get to that in a sec. But Tim, from a needs standpoint, any of those agree, disagree, or any others that I failed to mention, despite my best efforts? No, I generally agree. I mean, I reading a little online about um, what the, the local media is saying about the team everybody's focused on the offense side of the ball need to score more points need a quarterback need wide receivers probably could use running back depth could use help on the offensive line um you know right guard left guard center into interior the offensive line is getting a lot of talk this team was bad on defense um they have a couple more players on defense whose names you might know but they they were you know bottom five in the league overall in defense they weren't great at either side of the ball, kind of bottom eight or so in passing and bottom eight, four or so in rushing and points per game. You know, they didn't give up as many points as some teams, but they didn't make anybody score all that many points to beat them either. So, um, you know, giving up bottom 10 points. So uh, to me, it's, it starts with the defense as a fan of a team who has an anemic offense and has for the last couple of years, I can tell you that you can get by, and win some games with an anemic offense if your defense can keep you in them. Um, you know, if, if all you need to win is 17 points, most NFL offenses can get you there, um, you know, just from a, a lucky bounce here or there, or one good play, or who knows. But defenses that keep you in the game, defenses that create turnovers, are, in my opinion, the best way for teams that are struggling to struggle less. Um, and 
So I would say the entire defensive side of the ball, you mentioned edge rush, you mentioned defensive backfield, right? It's, it, we, I, I feel like we say that on every one of these podcasts. You've got to have people get to the quarterback and you make him throw the ball quickly, knock it out of him if you can. You've got to have people who are going to catch the ball in the secondary um, and keep you from getting beat deep, deep, deep down the field. Um, but but you know, the linebackers on this team, certainly there are – Rashawn Evans is very good. Uh, though he's a free agent, which we'll talk about here shortly. So I think the the entire defensive half of the team is where I would focus, um, even above things like quarterback and wide receiver. I think Kyle Pitts can catch the ball. I think they've got people who can run it. I think Desmond Ritter showed enough to get a chance to, to start this year. So uh, you know you need depth at all those spots, but the defense side of the ball to me is where uh, Atlanta has got to get better this year. Yeah, I think a fair point. When you're looking at a team like Atlanta, which are middling or below in – most categories apart from rushing offense it's not difficult to circle needs um defensively certainly struggled a year ago but to your point if you're not scoring any points either it's uh it's it's difficult to do both of those things and win many games so they actually did pretty well to get to seven you mentioned free agents you mentioned Rashawn Evans had him circled he had a very high volume year he's always been a kind of tackle first run stopper type dude NFC South last year, apart from the Buccaneers, was pretty run-centric. You think about the other quarterbacks in that division last year. You had the Panthers, Carousel. You had Taysom Hill or Andy Dalton or Jameis Winston. So those teams run it a lot. And I think next year that will also probably be the case because you might have four new quarterbacks in this division going into next season. You'll probably have three. um, And Ritter is the only one who may retain the starting gig, in my opinion. So yeah, when they were writing the, this script for the NFC South uh, in the offseason at the uh, NFL headquarters where they write the scripts <laughs> for the season, um, they, they just assigned all of the passing plays for that division to Tampa. No one else was allowed to throw the ball. That's that was that about. Yeah, I mean, I think Rashawn Evans, uh, there's a lot of former Titans on this team, um, so I know a lot about all of them. Rashawn Evans is an extremely good run defender and he's very big and good guy to get walking off the bus. He's not a particularly good coverage linebacker and he's not a particularly um, capable space player compared to some others. With the Titans, he used, he started to get a little bit in the habit of waiting too long to do stuff. Or the flip side was he'd do stuff too quickly, but it was a wrong thing. So not a great combination. He had extremely high volume tackle year. They drafted Troy Anderson last year. They also have Michael Walker, who showed a lot of promise a year ago. I don't feel like it's a necessity to bring Evans back. I think they still might because I don't know how much money it's going to cost them and they've got so much cap room. I actually don't think it's as high a priority as it could be. We talked about this with the Raiders uh, preview that we did. Go check that out if you didn't hear it. They have Denzel Perryman, who's a free agent. Again, tackle machine type linebacker. I do feel like those guys can be found in the draft in free agency as well. So didn't have him circled. The, The big one for me is Caleb McGarry the right tackle, kind of already mentioned that position. He started last year. This is a team which prioritizes the run game, of course. Jake Matthews is the biggest cap hit on the left side already. You you would do well to keep that group together, in my opinion, just because you're going to continue to prioritize the run game. You're going to continue to need quality trench play in order to do that and protect a young quarterback. So it is quite a deep right tackle class from a free agency standpoint, but familiarity with the system 
familiarity with the offense, familiarity with the other players and the coach. I feel like McGarry is the one that I'd circle to say, you you really should bring this guy back. And at 66 million bucks in cap space and potentially even more to be freed up, there's not really a good argument not to do it unless you simply think the guy's not up to it, which I, I don't think is the case. So he was the main one I had circled. To your point before, um, a swath of ex-Titans on this impending free agency list, including our old long snapper, Bo Brinkley. Shout out, Bo. Um, but I didn't have anyone else circled. I don't think this was a team tripping in talent last year, to be honest, to begin with. So McGarry, Zacchaeus is a free agent. Maybe you bring him back, but it's not essential. And Evans probably is the other name that people will be the most familiar with. So of the list you can see in front of you, Tim, is there anyone else you had as a maybe? No. No, there wasn't. Excellent. Uh, Excellent. I, I mean, this is this is a team. What I've learned is don't build your team out of X Titans. Um, I, I think is what yeah. I would say here. Well, especially don't build them out of X Titans who weren't starting for the Titans. That Ugh. was, I think, the error that the uh, art the made NFC in some South, cases. where AFC South castoffs go to die. I don't know. I That's, mean, I mean, this is to be honest. These are also names that the only some of the only people on earth who know who these guys are is me. And you, because I told you about who these people are. So we won't That's bore right. the listeners with a big list. But um, cutting-wise, we mentioned cap space galore already. Mariota was also cut. That saved them 12 million bucks. The other one is Casey Haywood. He only played in six games last year, went on IR. He's a 33-year-old corner. Not a lot of 33-year-old corners in the NFL. We did mention they need more ball production, and he's had a couple of very high-volume interception years. Maybe you bring him back as like a veteran leader on the defensive side. He's the only guy on the roster they could cut and save more than $5 million. Everyone else is, you know, we want to move on from this guy just because we want to move on from him, not because we need to do it from a cap casualty perspective. Don't know if you had anyone else on the list, but it's such a cheap roster. You don't really need to cut that many people, to be completely honest, in my opinion. No, I don't see. There's not a ton of names that you're going to go out here and cut and and have any meaningful savings. Yeah. Um, there are... Every, they have a lot of players, frankly, just because of the way they built the team the last couple of years that would cost more to cut than to keep. Um, you know, you got a lot of guys at the league minimum are very close to it. You've got a lot of guys um, early in, you know, deals that have guaranteed money. So I, as far as I'm concerned, I don't see anybody other than Casey Hayward is the only one I had circled. And he was he kind of obvious. And to your point, Mariota was one, but he was already gone. So. Um, no, I, as much cap space as they have, this is not about cutting players to free up space. They'll certainly cut players, but there'll be players who aren't, that they're not interested in having on the team, not, not cap casualties. Right. And, and for once, Tim, on the, these podcasts, we can actually talk about filling gaps with potential free agents, which is nice because we haven't really had the opportunity to do it because t- so many teams have no money. Um, we talked about the need positions. I think a veteran wideout would make some sense for them. You've got Drake London. Hopefully you incorporate Carl Pitts a little bit more. We've spoken on other podcasts. It's not the best free agency receiver class. You've got guys like right. Marvin Jones, Sterling Shepard, Aguilar, um, or Aguilar, Alan Lazard, Jacoby Myers. I think about guys that Arthur Smith was productive with in Tennessee. It was a lot of, you think about AJ Brown, of course, first and foremost, you know, physical run after catch, can catch the short passes and go. Maybe you look for a, a guy like that, or you look for that physical body Um body position, strength over the middle type receiver. Maybe Lazard would make some sense for this team. I think he's been a dependable target in Green Bay, is a solid number two piece. You let London develop into that pure number one receiver that you drafted him to be in the in the top 10 of the draft. It's a fantastic free agency defensive tackle class. We've spoken about it in a couple of previous pods with the likes of Ogunjobi and Brockers and so on. 
they've got loads of money to spend on edge players, although it's not a fantastic group. They could try for Ngokwe. He would be it would be the 100th team of his career, but he had a productive year for the Colts. Dewan Smoot is the other one that I had circled from the Jags just down the street. Um, well, at least relatively speaking. He had a very productive year as an inside rusher for the Jags last year. You could put him next to Grady Jarrett. That gives you a nice one-two in the center of your defense, give you some upfield pass rush. They're also in a position where they've got the ability to kind of gamble on short-term deals for guys with talent. So at the defensive end spot, Marcus Davenport's a free agent. People may remember the Saints traded up to draft him in the Lamar Jackson year where everyone thought they were taking Lamar Jackson, but they actually took Marcus Davenport. He never really panned out. He had one productive year the year before last, 2021. But he's obviously got talent. Maybe you take a flyer on a dude like that and bring him in. Similarly, with the corner, there's there's athletes like Amani Oruwarie, who came from the, the Lions, who was a high draft pick, didn't quite work it out there. Maybe you take a flyer on a guy like that, but they've got a lot of options in that department as well. You've got James Bradbury, you've got Cam Sutton, you've got Bradley Roby, you've got Fuller. Plenty of guys on the free agency market for a veteran cornerback, which I think is another position they should probably target. So for once, it's not just going to be draft, draft, draft. They've actually got cash to spend. And I think if they are able to intelligently deploy the $66 million they have, it could be maybe a quicker turnaround than we're expecting um, for Atlanta in 2023. Lot of options on the table for them. Don't know if you had any closing thoughts on the Dirty Birds yeah, the only thing I would say is these they've obviously got a premium pick in the first round. And so what are you going to do with that premium pick in the first round? Where are you going to spend that? And to me, you know, consistent with what we were discussing earlier on the defense side of the ball, I think that's where you spend it. They did spend a couple of J2 picks last year trying to get better rush in the passer with little success. Um, so I think you could see them take a defensive end, actually, in the first round or an edge rusher, you know, depending on how you want to categorize that. Yeah. Um, you know, so I, I think that that to me is the biggest question if I'm the GM in Atlanta right now. Certainly, I got to figure out who I'm bringing in on um, free and free agency. But what am I targeting with that first pick? A, a lot of people have them down as a quarterback. I don't think that they're in a position to take a quarterback there. Um, I think they'll probably let Ritter go for another year, and I think you'll see them try to get better um, on the on the edge rush position with that first overall pick or not first overall pick their first pick of the draft but no luke that's all i had i mean i think that's going to wrap it up for us here on the falcons as we make our trip around the nfc south on our way through the league covering all 32 teams before free agency do check out the rest of the podcast do follow us on the socials at half yard line pod on instagram and twitter half yard line pod at gmail.com for you emailers out there we'd love to interact with our fans in that way but thank you again for taking the time and until next time good luck Bye-bye.